Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Paul sent me a story that involves bicycles. And uh, it's a fascinating story because it involves some legal concepts that we don't hear about all that often. But athletes fight and win over a million-dollar bicycle dispute from NBCBayArea.com. Chris Chimura wrote this. It's not that a bicycle cost a million dollars, but the group of bikes was worth a million. Business tangle ensnared them, and their hostage bikes, their bikes were held hostage. There's a triathlete from Mountain View named Jimmy who puts himself through the paces, been doing triathlon since 1995, but lately he's endured an unexpected obstacle course, a marathon battle over his custom bike. And be aware of the fact that there are the full-length triathlons, which is like the Ironman, and then the shorter triathlons like they have in the Olympics. They're both difficult. But the long ones are insane. He says, I purchased my bike in 2019 for just over $10,000. Took me about two years to save for the bike. And in case you don't know, bikes can get expensive, especially professional ones. Uh, Extremely lightweight, uh, high quality um, parts, and so on. To compete in September in Europe, the man paid a company he'd previously used to ship his bike there. It arrived for the race. He was representing Team USA, and he said it was a lot of fun. But by December, back in California, he was still riding a backup bike because his main bike was being held hostage uh, someplace on his way home from Spain. Uh, He said uh, it's sitting in a cargo box somewhere in Southern California, along with 179 others. So there are 180 bikes being shipped back, and they were not fully delivered. Because as it turns out, the transport company had subcontracted with a Southern California company, uh, and those two somehow were involved in some kind of dispute over unpaid bills. So the company that had possession of the bikes held them, including this man's, as a form of collateral. Now, you might know that there are situations where you can pay somebody to do something with something of yours, and if you don't fully pay them, they might get to keep what you entrusted to them for payment. And uh, the best example of that is a storage locker. So you rent a storage locker, you put all your family valuables in there. (laughs) Joking. Most of them are filled with junk. You put all your junk in your storage locker and you stop paying on it. Well, you'll get a notice saying we're going to auction off the contents of your locker to pay for the unpaid rent. That's the most common one. So the man said here the total value of all the bikes was around $1.5 million. He asked NBC Bay Area Respond, that's a team, for help. He says, you're able to talk to the right people or speak to the right people. So they tried. NBC Bay Area tried. They started with a barrage of calls and emails, including immediate outreach to one of the companies. And that company said that the other company violated its contract with the bike owners, and it violated its contract with us, says an attorney who represents them. He says that the other company owed them almost $320,000 plus interest for 13 unpaid shipments. So the attorney says that the company couldn't just eat that money because it had already paid off most of the airlines to ship the bikes. Now, of course, they say 13 unpaid shipments. We're talking about one shipment here. So these bikes appear to be held as security for payment on other shipments that were not part of the dispute. Got that? Okay. (laughs) 
So the attorney says, under United States shipping laws, as well as our contract with this company, we had the right to assert a lien against any freight they shipped with us if they had any unpaid air bills. So if this man, the athlete, and the other athletes paid to have their stuff shipped, but this other company didn't pay the shipper, where did all the money go? So that's what the attorney's asking, uh, as is the athlete. The athlete says, I'd very much like to know where the money had gone. So TV station attempted to contact the shipper directly that this guy had worked with. No one responded. Now, at one point in time, the company owed all the money, said that the competitors could get their bikes back by paying off the $320,000. But, of course, they'd be buying their bikes back, and they've already paid to have their bikes shipped, so that doesn't seem right. And the athlete says he was close to paying a couple thousand dollars when he got word that one of the companies had a cargo insurance policy, which seemed like a long shot. And an early email to the triathletes said that the insurance company had to determine how or if the policy will respond to this incident. So the TV station contacted the insurance company. The key question was whether a financial dispute fell under the same umbrella as losses, like accidents and catastrophes. After several weeks of talks, a welcome development. Recently, the athlete got his bike back. He said, I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy. I like how it still has my sticker from the race on it. All the other athletes will get their bikes back also without having to pay more money out of pocket. In the end, the insurance company paid this claim, and they said it was unusual, but they emailed the athletes and told them Travelers has gone beyond its obligations. And, and I got to give them credit. I, I do. When insurance companies do the right thing, I will give them credit. Whether this is a traditional loss under that policy, I don't know. They're saying it's not, and it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't. And many insurance companies, when they have a gray area, they go, oh, it's a gray area. Let's see if anybody sues us. And they don't get sued, they don't pay it. So here is clearly a gray area, and they decided to pay it. So how did a cargo insurance policy cover a financial dispute? And the attorney suggested, I think they viewed it as the net result of this was sort of like a theft because the bikes weren't going to get back to the bike owners. Now, the insurance company said, we're pleased we were able to assist in getting the bikes returned to their owners. And in closing, the attorney said, Travelers deserves a lot of credit for stepping up for this, um, doing the right thing. So meanwhile, the TV station contacted the shipper again one more time for comment, got no response. The case is not closed because, among other things, uh, lawsuits are being pursued to handle some of the additional costs that got kicked in here against the shipper. And I suspect some other people are going to get upset about how long they didn't have their bikes. But um, at least they're getting their bikes back. And also, it's pointed out by one of the attorneys that the insurance company could sue this company that disappeared to try to get their money back because insurance companies can do that. If they pay money on behalf of somebody, uh, they can look for uh, contribution from whoever is responsible, depending on the legal theories and so on. So it's an interesting case. It reminded me of a story uh, that happened to a client of mine years and years and years ago. This is a long time ago, back in the mists of my archives way back here. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I know somebody who used to do a lot of trade shows. They went to trade shows. They set up big displays. 
They sold stuff. They took the displays down and shipped the displays back to where they had their offices. And uh, one year, I got a phone call at my office on a Monday morning, Monday or Tuesday, early, early in the week. And my friend calls me. He goes, hey, Steve. He goes, I uh, just got back from a trade show having a little bit of an issue. What's that? And he goes, the um, shipper that uh, you know, handled all our stuff brought all our stuff to our facility, offloaded it all. He goes, I walked around it and everything. It was all, all there. And um, went into my office because I was going to get a check. And the shipper walked in and said, um, we've changed our mind. You now owe us more money than you agreed to pay us. And my friend said, we, we have a written contract. And a written contract was signed at that end. And obviously, you would have known what this is all going to cost, either at that end or at least when you loaded the truck. But the fact that you get all the way here, unload the truck, and then tell us we owe you more money does seem a little off. And while my friend was talking to somebody else, the shipper guy went back out and told his guys to reload everything onto the truck. And they reloaded everything on the truck, and they closed the door and locked it. And the guy comes in and goes, well, I've got your stuff. Now, if you don't pay me, I'm going to drive off with it. (laughs) Now, I'll admit, I didn't do a ton of research on this. But at the time, I thought to myself, wait a second, because the guy called me about this. Um, When it's in your possession and you ship it, you know, you're handling it, you might have the right to hang on to it to secure payment for what you're doing with it. But once you unload it at the other end, your job is done and you have delivered it. And by the way, in contracts in law school, you often discuss these, these little fine points that make a big difference. As to if, you know, I agree to sell something to somebody, go, I'm going to send somebody over to get it. And I push it out on the loading dock. And, and at that point, uh, is, is it yours now or is it yours when your person takes possession of it? What happens if your person is taking possession of it and something happens? And there's all these distinctions, okay? Okay, there's all these distinctions. So they have it in their possession legally. They bring it to where they're supposed to bring it. They unload it. They've delivered it. They then tell you they need more money. And they say, we need more money. You say, I'm not going to pay you. So then they take your stuff, put it back in the truck, and lock the truck up. And, and wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> they just took your stuff hostage. And because they had already delivered it and done their job, and they had given up possession of it, they have no right to retake possession of it. And so I told my friend, I said, uh, cut a check for the amount that you owe them. Walk out there, show it to the guy and say, I'm going to give you this check. You're going to unload my stuff. I'm calling the police. And my friend said, what do I tell the police? I said, I don't think it's going to go that far. I go, but if it does, like if you're forced to call the police, I will jump in my car. I'll race over there. I'll beat the police there. And I will talk to the police and explain to them the legal aspects of this. Now, there's a chance, there's a chance that the police are going to go, it's a civil matter. But then we sue them for claim and delivery and it's a slam dunk. And the question is, are they going to litigate that or are they going to take your check? And so my friend called me back about 10 minutes later and goes, they're unloading the truck right now. <laughs> Once in a while, it works. I'm talking about my free legal advice. So there you go. But here the guys got their bikes back. And the sad part is they got caught up in this for that length of time because they paid the person that they were supposed to pay. That person didn't pay who they were supposed to pay. And now you got problems. So, Paul, thanks for sending it from NBCBayArea.com. And, of course, TV station getting involved. I'm sure that had a lot to do with the resolution here. Chris Chamura did a great job with that. 
Athletes fight and win over million-dollar bicycle dispute. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. All journeys have secret destinations of which the traveler is unaware.